G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Some great encouragement coming your way today from Pastor Greg Laurie and his special guest, author Randy Alcorn. Randy, let's tell them why they should have hope. Mm. Our hope in this life is to be in Jesus, and we really will. This is not just a fairy tale. We really will live happily ever after. So when you're tempted to give up hope, just remember, He does care. He loves you. That's the basis for your hope. wish our lives were smooth sailing, like a sailboat on a glistening lake. Gentle breeze, bright sunshine, perfect temperature. Well, in reality, it often feels like we're swirling around in a sea of problems and pressures and our boat is taking on water. On A New Beginning Today, Pastor Greg Laurie discusses the big issues of life, death and the afterlife with author and Bible scholar Randy Alcorn. Let's hear their thoughts on how to navigate the storms that we all face. The theme of our talk today is heaven, happiness, and hope. It seems to me if we have a proper biblical understanding of what heaven is and all that's awaiting us there, uh, we should be happy. So what, what are things that contribute to happiness and what are things that deplete happiness? Well, I think certainly the things that deplete happiness are the things that are in violation of the way God has designed the universe to operate. His best for our life, every time we violate us, it is sure to bring unhappiness. Every time we follow what God says, it brings happiness. When you, when you have uh, Psalm 1, which starts with yeah. those, with the word uh, blessed, which actually used to mean, you go to old English dictionaries and the first meaning of blessed is happy. Happy are those who do not listen to the counsel of the wicked, but who delight in the law of God, in the word of God. So if you want happiness, go to God's counsel. Seek his thoughts. Seek his mind. But when you go to the world, and and Greg and I were talking earlier about Twitter and what a, a nightmare it can be sometimes. There's some good things there, but, you know, there's a lot of just rudeness and hostility and pride and arrogance and critical spirit, if you're going there, if you're going to the political world to get your, if that's your source of, uh, where you spend your time, 
You are going to be a miserable person and people are not going to be drawn to Christ through you. Go to God and his word and the delights and the pleasures of what it means to follow him and that will bring happiness to your life. Yeah, you know, I think of people just scrolling through their phones constantly, you know, and and you're reading tweets or you're looking at social media or whatever, reading news feeds and there's so many things that can bring you down. It's like, don't look down so much, look up. You know, look up to God, look up to the imminent return of Jesus, look to the Word of God, and look to the needs of others, because what did Jesus say? It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Exactly. And that word blessed there is that word makarius, which means it is more happy making to give than to receive. So don't wait to think, oh, well, if I become happy about it someday, I'll start giving. No. Do the giving, and that will make you happy. Do the action that accords with happiness, and then you will become happy. So as, as we think about this subject, I don't know why, but there's a discomfort uh, mm-hmm. among Christians when you address the topic of money and giving. I think everyone sort of clutches their wallet, or you know, you fasten your purse, or oh, they're going to receive an offering now. And well, why, why are we so reluctant in this area. Why is there discomfort? I mean, you can talk about heaven, awesome. You can talk about the promises of God, fantastic. You talk about money, and the Bible talks about it so much, and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm uncomfortable. I I don't want to hear about this. Why is that? I don't get it. Well, I think we, we have turn to money to fulfill our deepest needs, and it doesn't do that. Now, it's a blessing of God, and we do yeah. need money to live on and, and uh, provide food for our families and all of that. So it's not a bad thing in and of itself, but when we make it our God, yeah. uh, the rich fool, you think about this in Luke 12, yeah. and, and here's this man who, who, who just, he's successful, and so what does he do? He builds bigger barns just to store up all these things for himself, and then God says, you fool, this night your life is required of you, and and." You have been rich towards yourself, but you have not been rich toward God, and judgment falls upon him. But this reminds me of 1 Timothy chapter 6, which if you turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy 6, that yeah, would be... Let's turn there. 1 yeah, Timothy 6. That would be great. Um, and and th- this passage has a lot of great stuff in it, but in verses 9 and 10 of 1 Timothy 6, you, you have the bad news about wealth. And here it is. But those who desire to be rich, and at first you go, those who desire to be rich, well, wait a minute. I mean, everybody desires to be rich, right? I mean, whether you're a poor person or whether you're already a rich person, you just want to get richer. It's kind of this natural human thing. Well, here's what falls upon those who desire to be rich. Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, I'm counting on my fingers here into many senseless, harmful desires that plunge people. And that word for plunge is a word that's often translated drown, the drown people in ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. Not money itself, but the love of money is, is, is the root of all kinds of evils. And it is through this, this craving that some have wandered from the faith and they have 
pierced themselves with many griefs. We're on to a third hand now. There's about 14 negative statements about desiring to be rich. And you go, wow, we're all in trouble. We're all in trouble. And you, you could think it's just like James 5 where God can be pretty hard on rich people. He says, woe to you who are rich for, and weep and howl for the miseries that are going to come upon you. You go, wow, that is pretty depressing. But then skip forward just about seven verses in 1 Timothy 6 to verse 17. As for the rich in this present age, and by the way, he's talking to all of us. Go to globalrichlist.com, put in your annual income, and find out how rich you are. I just put in the other day $25,000, which is considered U.S. poverty level for a family of four for an income of $25,000. And guess where it puts you in terms of world wealth? It puts you in the top 2% of the wealthy people of the world. So this is to all of us. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not, command them not to be prideful or not to be haughty, one translation says, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. Where do you put your hope? Hope is part of what we're talking about today. You put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy, which is so kind of God to say that. Because right when you think, wow, wealth is, is terrible and you should never even enjoy it. And he's, no, he's given it to us for us to enjoy, but he's given it to us for much larger reasons as well. Well, thanks for joining us on A New Beginning. You're listening to Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. And he's talking with author Randy Alcorn about the resources that God has put in our charge. Are offering some very practical counsel from Scripture today in a message called Heaven, Happiness, and Hope. What are we to do with what God has entrusted to us? Here's what the rich are to do. The rich are, verse 18, to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and eager or ready to share. One translation says willing to share, but I don't like that. It's more than willing. It's eager. It's ready. It's, yeah. it's just jump in there. I want to jump in and help people. Those are four different expressions that are all about giving, and this is God's call and command to the rich, and it's the only solution to the problem of wealth because that, that, that verses 9 and 10 warn us about. And then he says in verse 19, when you do this, when you do this giving, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, for the future that's after death. Well, that's just like Jesus said. Don't store up for yourself treasures on earth, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven in Matthew 6. But then he doesn't end there. It's not just that we're our eternal future will be better and we'll enjoy the benefits of it. And it's not just that we'll be helping people and and wonderful that we're loving our our neighbor as ourself and, and doing that great thing. But then he says, so that they, who? The rich who give. Give. That's the key. The givers. So that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. It's not just that giving people will one day be happier when we're with Jesus. 
It's that giving people will be happier today because we are honoring Jesus and we are obeying Jesus and we are doing what we were made to do to become like Jesus himself in terms of being givers. That's fantastic. Now let's uh, think about, it gets all quiet. (laughs) Still talking about money. (laughs) Move on quickly. Okay, so uh, our, (laughs) our theme is is heaven, happiness, and hope. And we're living in a culture right now where a lot of people have lost hope. Of course, uh, Generation Z has been described by some experts as the hopeless generation. Mm. And, and your heart just goes out to folks who, who've lost hope. You know, uh, one person wrote, you can, man can live 40 days without food, three days without water, six minutes without air, but only one second without hope. Randy, mm. as we close today, let's talk to a person who maybe has lost hope. Maybe they, something bad has just happened to them, really bad. They've got the worst news imaginable from a doctor. Mm. Um, or maybe an accident, they've lost a loved one. Or maybe they just feel like life isn't worth living anymore. Mm. You know, they're thinking no one loves me, mm. nobody cares about me. I don't matter to anybody. I should just take my own life even. Address a hopeless person and tell them why they should have hope. Mm. You know, my mind, Greg, goes to um, Titus 2, verse 13, where it says that we are waiting for our blessed hope, and that's that word makarios again, and the proper literal translation is waiting for our happy hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is what I would say to the person who is suffering from that hopelessness is to say, God has given us this happy hope, and it's not just a wishful thinking hope. It's built on the blood-bought promises of Jesus Christ that he is going to make all things better. He's going to wipe away the tears from every eye for all who believe and trust in him. Now, if your hope is in yourself, your hope is in the economy and the stock market and your retirement plan and your hope is always being healthy or wealthy or whatever. Those things are not a solid or firm foundation for hope. Jesus Christ is the source of hope. So for the person without hope, just ground your hope in the proper place. See, our hope in this life is to be in Jesus and the, the firm hope, the firm basis for our hope is the promise of Jesus that he is going to wipe away the tears from every eye. We really will. This is not just a fairy tale. We really will live happily ever after. So when you're tempted to give up hope, just remember, there's every reason to hope. God understands. If you wonder sometimes, does God really love me? Because if he really loved me, why would he let me go through all this? No. Nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. And I think when we stand before the Lord, We'll, we'll ask ourselves, we'll look at the scars in his hands and we'll ask ourselves, how could I have ever doubted whether he loved me and whether he cared? Look, do these look like the hands of a God who does not care? No, he does care. He loves you. That's the basis for your hope. Amen. God loves you. God cares about you. He has a plan for your life. Ultimately, that plan is for you to join him 
in heaven for all eternity. And then one day heaven will come to earth and we'll live in the new earth. You'll be reunited with loved ones who've preceded you to heaven who died in faith. And thus you can have happiness, not from things, not from experiences, but from a relationship with God himself. And because of this you can have hope. Life without Jesus is a hopeless end. Life with Jesus is endless hope. And we're going to close now in prayer. And, and I'm going to lead someone in prayer who would like Jesus to come into their life and forgive them of their sin. So maybe today you find yourself an unhappy person. Maybe today you find yourself a frightened person because of the future and, and just thoughts of death freak you out. Uh, or maybe you find yourself completely hopeless. Uh, you need Jesus. And you need Him in your life. And you need Him right now. And he stands at the door of your life and he knocks and he says, if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. So I'd like to lead you in a simple prayer where you can ask Jesus to come in to your life and forgive you of your sin and give you the hope and give you the happiness and give you the purpose you want in life. So as we pray, you pray this after me if you want Christ to come into your life. Let's all bow our heads. Father, thank you for this time of looking into your word. And now I pray for any person that is here with us or is watching or listening, wherever they may be. If they don't know Jesus yet, Lord, let this be the moment they believe and put their faith in him. And listen, today, if you want Christ to come into your life, if you want him to forgive you of your sin, you could just pray this simple prayer after me. Just pray this after me. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're the Savior who died on the cross for my sin. I turn from my sin now, and I choose to follow you from this moment forward as my Savior and Lord, as my God and friend. Thank you for hearing this prayer and answering it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer with those who've just given their hearts to Jesus Christ. And if you've prayed that prayer today here on A New Beginning, we'd love to send you some resource materials to help you in your new relationship with God. We call it our New Believers Growth Packet. We'll be glad to send it to you free of any charge or obligation, knowing that it'll help answer some of the questions you might have and help you build a solid foundation for your faith. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you contact us on 1-800-00-50-11. Now we know there are times when the bottom drops out of our lives and we don't see it coming. We're left reeling and wondering what to do. So many questions and so few answers. Well, next time, Pastor Greg addresses those life-altering crises head-on with important insight from God's Word and from his own personal experience. Join us tomorrow, same time, for more on A New Beginning. For a copy of Pastor Greg's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. Search Heaven, Happiness and Hope at visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.